wonderful to be here this morning together in this glorious, amazing weather. I just love it. Um, just put your hand up if you're a lover of the hot weather, because uh, I'm a massive fan of it, and we've got to make the most of it, because, yeah, it won't last long. So, but I really feel God's doing something special this morning. I know he does every, every time we gather, but there's a real sense of God's presence during the worship, and Michelle, in her mind, saw a picture of a big angel walking around the room, putting fresh oil of hope on the people, and I just really feel God is going to do something today and reawaken the callings upon our lives. Some of us maybe have forgotten what our calling is. Some of us maybe don't know what our calling is. But I want to ask us this morning, what is your calling? Do you know it? Do you know specifically and generally what God has called you for? Not in the past, maybe not even in the future, but in this season you're in and in this season you're walking into. What are you called to? The Bible says each one of us has a beautiful, unique calling. But there is a real enemy who wants to squash it, crush it, make you disappointed, make you discouraged. I want to tell you a story that happened to me. And if you're a gardener, you might be able to solve this mystery, this great mystery. So in our garden, I have got a big metal box that I dragged out of our attic. And I filled it with fish, like little goldfish. And I put some pond plants in there. And there's this big one that was yellow, had yellow, beautiful flowers. This was about three years ago. And within a few months, this plant started getting squashed out by these reeds, or this other plant, squashed it out, and it died. And I just felt like, oh, again, something that I'm trying to care for has died. Literally, all the pets we get have died. The fish have died. I'm getting better at it. But I was like, oh, what have I done wrong with this plant? Anyway, a whole year and a half went by of this plant not being there anymore. It was gone, completely gone. A year and a half went by. And then, for some reason, for our, this is an embarrassing present, but I bought Michelle a gooseberry bush <laughs> for our anniversary or something. I don't know what, why or what it was for. Anyway, I was planting this gooseberry bush at the other end of the garden with fresh compost, fresh soil out of a bag, and I planted it. And within a few weeks, this beautiful yellow pond plant grew in this pot of the gooseberry bush. It was like a magic trick. It was amazing. Can you work out what happened? Well, I worked it out. On day one of this gooseberry bush's life in our garden, I got a bucket of water from the fish tank and I carried it over and I just poured it out. And what's happened is there must have been a seed, even though the plant was dead for a year and a half, a seed that must have been floating around in that tank. A seed of hope, a seed of calling. And as I poured it out, it dramatically grew. And now I've replanted it back into this fish tank and hopefully it will, it will carry on growing. And I felt the Lord saying for us this morning, some of us, our calling has been squashed down. And you're thinking, where on earth has it gone? God, you've said so many things to me in my life. Or maybe, God, you've never really said anything to me. Maybe you've never felt God's call. And you're like, oh, it's not there, it's dead. But the Lord is saying to you this morning, just pour out your heart. 
And as you pour it out, the Lord promises he is going to bring you life, new hope to your calling. He says, you are in a different phase as of today. You're walking into a different season, a new season. And the fact that that plant died in your life, the, hope, the plant of your calling, maybe, if for some of us, actually is going to be for your advantage. Because there's the new that is coming. It's going to be beautiful. It doesn't matter what age you are, who you are, what your background is. We all have a beautiful calling until the moment we go to be with Jesus. And um, I was just thinking about Peter Lidler who died the other week. We had his funeral this week. Even till the last, probably the last day of his life he was doing. Whenever anyone would visit him he would do a magic trick for them. And he would encourage them in Jesus. Okay, that wouldn't be my calling to do magic tricks. But for him, that's what he was called to, to tell people about Jesus with. So you have a beautiful calling. And Lizzie just read out this amazing story about Ezekiel. Now, he was a really fed up guy. So he was, he was 30 years old when, in this story. And his dad was a priest and his grandpa was a priest and his dad was a priest. He was in a priestly family in Jerusalem. And his calling was an incredible one. It was to become a priest when he was 30 years old. That's what would happen. What a high calling in Jerusalem in those days. To be serving next to the tabernacle where other people weren't allowed to go. It would have been just incredible. So exciting. Like that psalm says, even just to be a doorkeeper in the temple would be better than a thousand days anywhere else but he got to minister in the temple so he thought but when he was 25 years old the Babylonians came and attacked and captured him and a load of others and dragged them as prisoners back to Babylon so he was living out his life now away from God's presence away from his people away from the temple there was zero chance of him becoming a priest he could literally, is flushed down the toilet, is dead. That was it, over. So his 30th birthday was pretty miserable because that was the year when he was meant to be becoming a priest, stepping into that role. That's it, dead. Until one day when suddenly the presence of the Lord came to him in the most unlikely, unexpected way. And God is saying to some people this morning, you may not be expecting the Lord your God to come and turn up to you this morning, but he's going to. Some of you, it will be another day or be in a few weeks. I really feel God's going to turn up to people and give you a new calling, a fresh calling. Some of us, he's going to reawaken callings that we've forgotten. And it wasn't even Ezekiel's fault. He was probably thinking, God, what have I done wrong to mess this up? Some of us are thinking, what have I done wrong? Why, have I, why has life gone this way? Actually, you've done nothing wrong. Ezekiel hadn't done anything wrong. Okay, we obviously can do sinful things that can put a spanner in the works. But for Ezekiel, he'd done nothing wrong. And just because... Maybe your calling has been squashed. It doesn't mean you've done anything wrong. The Lord is on the way to you to revive and reveal. So 
what is our calling? A lot of us would already know this. I just want to go over these basic points because it helps build our faith. Well, Ephesians 2 says that we all are called, every one of us. And it says that, that you were created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So even before you were born, he's, he's laid out a calling for your life and for my life. Psalm 139 says, God has written out your days before you were even born. So God knows your calling. It's unique. It's special. And it doesn't always need to be dramatic or high profile or flying around the world. It might be, but it might not be. Whatever your calling is in God, it is beautiful and wonderful. And our calling, we can look at it in two parts. Firstly, our general call. Now, this is nothing to do with, am I called to be single? Or am I called to be married? Or should I live in China or in Barnet? And we never need to ask God what our general call is. Like, God, please reveal it to me. Because it's in the Bible. And it is beautiful. This is probably 90% of our calling. It is wonderful. It is so fun to live out this calling. What is it? Firstly, it is to let God love you. You know when you're trying, if you've got a dog and you adore this dog, and you're just like stroking the dog, but it just runs off. I know dogs often don't do that, but imagine if it did. It's like, that dog needs to let you, it just needs to stay still and stop running around. Or when you're trying to, Um, show love to your children and they're just running off and you're trying to look them in the face and say I love you, I appreciate you I love this about you we need to sit still in our life again and again and again and let God love us we just need to receive his love we can't earn it but we do need to give time and space to let him pour out love it takes time it takes an effort to sit still and receive his love, to read his word, to maybe sing some worship songs, just lift out your hands, close your eyes, say, God, show me your love, and he will do. Also, to love God back, to love him with all of our heart, and not to love stuff in the world. I love it in 1 John when it says, John says this amazing thing, he says, stop loving the world and everything in it. Don't love anything in the world. Love God, which is really dramatic. We so easily fall in love with the ways of the world, the system of the world. We've got to stop that. Let's focus our lives on just adoring him. And then thirdly, loving others. Telling people about Jesus. That is a high calling our neighbours, our friends, to just telling them about Jesus, showing them the love of Jesus. So that's our specific call. And that is the call of your life and my life. It is wonderful. So that's the general call. But also there's a specific call. Should I be single? Should I be married? Who should I be married to, for example? Or where should I live? What job should I do? What gifts should I use in my life? What should I focus on? What country should I live in? This is a specific call. And God's got specific calls for each one of us. And maybe this is the part that some of us don't know yet. Or it's been squished. And we've been discouraged by the enemy. 
And God wants to breathe it upon us this morning in a fresh way. But how do we get to it? Maybe you're feeling stuck. Where am I called to? What should I focus on? Well, here's some really simple ways that leads us that lead us into our specific call. Just firstly, being faithful. What has God put in your life already? Is it some family members, some neighbours, some work you're doing? Whatever's in your life, just be faithful in following Jesus. Secondly, be with God's people. Never give up on church. Never miss church if you can. Never miss it. And thirdly, renew your mind. It says in um, Romans 12, when, when our minds are renewed and refreshed in the Holy Spirit and in his word, that's when we will know what his call is for our lives. And that waiting period that many of us are in is actually such a formative time. It's a powerful time of God sculpting us and creating amazing character and things in us. So don't be discouraged. God will come and speak to you. He will reveal specific calling. I had something really random happen a few months ago. I had a dream, totally out of the blue. And in this dream, um, Michelle and me and the kids were in a Japanese airport. And there was a hotel in the airport. And we walked into this hotel and we were going to stay in the hotel And in my mind, in the dream, I just knew that we were moving to Japan. And we were going to check it out to see what it was like. Um, And then we walked out into the streets, and there were Western missionaries with guitars singing to us, Welcome to Japan. And it was so specific and powerful. I can't describe how it felt. And in the morning, I remember thinking, if I tell Michelle this, she's literally going to hate it (laughs) so much. There is zero reason why she would like that dream. And I told her, and straight away, she just said, we are moving to Japan. And literally, she is so desperate to move to Japan. And we don't know yet whether that really is God speaking, because we need to test it out. And this is what I'm learning. When God is talking about a specific call, it's not just a flash in the pan, like one dream or one thing. It's, it, over the next few months and years, it will come back. And back, there will be an interest in your heart that won't go away. So, the other day we put up a screen in our kitchen of a webcam, in, a live webcam in, in a Japanese street, with thousands of Japanese people walking around, and we were praying over them, and it was really fun. And the kids were watching them, and and we were trying to get the kids to pray for them. And it was really odd because it was raining, and every person had the same umbrella. So, but. Yeah, we were, it, it was, God was doing something in our heart. Now, we don't know whether we'll ever move to Japan, or it could be in 10 years' time, 20 years' time. But, God, I want your specific call for my life. And I know that that is probably the most unreached nation of the world. So for me, God's put something in my heart that there's over 100 towns in that nation that, where there's not even one church. Not even one church. And God's breaking my heart for that. God wants to break your heart for what you're called to. It could well be your grandchildren or your children or your neighbours or your friends. It doesn't need to be something dramatic or big. But if it's from God, it is stunningly beautiful and so priceless and precious. And you need to really value it and steward it. So, 
just a few more minutes. I'm not going to speak for long, but how did Ezekiel begin to take off and fly in his calling? Well, firstly, as soon as he heard his specific call, it did transform his life. He focused on it. He had incredible laser-like focus. And actually, his call was really weird. He ended up doing some really weird things, if you read the book. But I'm praying for, I've been praying for everyone here that God releases a focus to our call. So Lord, I pray, I just release that over every person, a fresh focus in Jesus' name. So firstly, he learned what his calling was. Secondly, it all started with an encounter with the living God. And wasn't that what Lizzie read out was so beautiful, the way he met with Jesus Christ. And Jesus was on a throne with these high-level ranking seraphim angels round, round the throne with these wheels. Did you know that God has encounters waiting for you? It's as if there's a big shelf in heaven with your name written up on the shelf and there's encounters you know, like the BFG, that film where he has all these bottles of dreams for, for people that he wants to, they're good dreams. Well, God, in real life, has encounters lined up, ready for you. But the problem is often we're so busy, we're so distracted. And the Lord God is saying, will you slow down and seek me? And James says, he says in James 2, you don't have because you don't ask. Then later he says in James 4, If you draw near to God, God will draw near to you. And God's word promises you that if you draw near to him, you will encounter him. And you will have a fresh sense of calling. That's so exciting. So Ezekiel had this encounter. And the bigger the challenge, the bigger the encounter we need. The encounter needs to affect us. It needs to really deeply grab hold of us. Because our callings are hard. Trying to tell your neighbours about Jesus or going to China or anything is hard. It's impossible. Trying to see your grandchildren saved, living for Jesus. It's, It's impossible on your own. You need an encounter with God. And I love with Ezekiel that When he had this encounter, in the next verse, God gave him this scroll. And it was a scroll of lament, mourning, and woe. And it was like almost represented his ministry. It's like, Ezekiel, this can be your ministry, lament, mourning, and woe. That's your call. It would be horrible. But God said, eat it. And when Ezekiel ate it, God said, fill your stomach with it. So it must have been quite a big scroll. Imagine trying to eat a dry scroll without a drink. (laughs) But he ate this scroll. He filled his stomach with it. And he said it tasted beautiful. It tasted like sweet honey. You know, some of our calls, they are to literally to lay down our lives. Some of our calls involve people hating us sometimes. People, I'm just looking at Lawrence at the back, sometimes family family members despising us, looking down on us. That is part of our call sometimes. But when God encounters you, he puts a sweetness on that call. A beautiful sweetness that you just fall in love with your calling. And I just pray that and just release that over every person, a fresh sweetness on your call. The third thing that I saw in this passage 
But I love the phrase it said twice. Ezekiel had the hand of the Lord upon him. And you might be feeling discouraged today or like, what is my call? God, where are you? But the truth is the hand of the Lord is upon you. Don't you love that picture of the fatherly hand of God being on your life? And that is the truth. The enemy doesn't want you to know it, but the hand of your Father God is on your life to direct you, to comfort you, to strengthen you. And then lastly, before we pray, he was obedient. You know, calling sometimes is scary. It's terrifying sometimes. Like, oh my goodness. And I think that's why he needed the hand of the Lord upon him can be really scary and big and impossible. And God said to him, Ezekiel, do not be rebellious. Do not be stubborn like all of your nation. Because the, poss- the, the possibility was that he could have been stubborn. And actually there's a big chance that we might be stubborn too. <laughs> and I would love to just pray for us that God would soften our hearts, warm our hearts, that we would st- Say sorry if we've been stubborn in any way. Say, Jesus, I'm so sorry. Give me a soft heart. Give me an obedient heart. So what what I'd love us to do is just to have a time of quiet, a time of prayer. And I would love, and I'm going to pray for you. Then I would love you just to ask God, God, would you speak a fresh calling on my life? Or would you reawaken old callings that I've lost? And... Jesus is going to take away fuzziness and he's going to bring focus. And then the band are going to come and play. And can we do that song, Make Room for You? You got that? Yeah, yeah. We'll do that song. And I would love if people would like to come up and have a hand laid on them for a fresh calling. Now, we can't give you that, obviously, but the Lord will come and speak to you. So we'd love to pray for you. Come to the front, lay a hand on you, if that's all right. And we're going to just bless you. And say, God, release your calling.